I'm Dorothy Wickenden. On today's Politics and More podcast, David Remnick talks with former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld. Weld will challenge Donald Trump in the 2020 Republican presidential primary. Running in a primary election against a sitting president is, generally speaking, a futile effort. To come up with a plausible primary challenge, you've got to think back pretty far, maybe to 1980, when Edward Kennedy challenged President Jimmy Carter for the Democratic nomination. And even then, Kennedy failed. But just about everything in the presidency of Donald Trump has been unprecedented. So we shouldn't be very surprised to see something unusual in the 2020 campaign. And it looks like Bill Weld is going to run against Donald Trump to become the Republican nominee. Weld is a lawyer and a former Justice Department official, and he served as governor of Massachusetts for much of the 1990s. In 2016, he ran as vice president on the Libertarian Party ticket. In national politics these days, we don't often see Republicans like Bill Weld anymore. He's a New England moderate that is fiscally conservative and socially liberal. But Weld is not at all moderate in his views on Donald Trump. They say the president has captured the Republican Party in Washington, as he himself might tweet, sad. It's even sadder that Republicans in Washington, many of them, exhibit all the symptoms of Stockholm syndrome, identifying with their captor. The truth is that we've wasted an enormous amount of time by humoring this president, indulging him in his narcissism and his compulsive, irrational behaviors. I reached Bill Weld at his office in Boston last week. Governor, I don't mean to be flip, but what are you thinking? You've decided to run for president in, for the Republican Party against a sitting president, President Trump, and that presents all kinds of, let's just say, challenges and, and, and body blows to you inevitably. Why are you doing this? Oh, I think it uh, presents uh, delightful possibilities. Uh, you know, I've... I've been watching closely for some time. I was even uh, on the ticket uh, in, in the last election, so I've seen everything that's unfolded since then. The truth is we know a lot more about Donald J. Trump and uh, his style in public life than we did two years ago. And I, I just can't sit quietly by anymore and, and uh, witness uh, what he's doing both internationally and, and domestically. I think it's a train wreck. Well, you say it's a train wreck. What are the bill of particulars that you plan to present as a candidate in the Republican Party? Well, I think that uh, on the international front, uh, the president has totally upended the correct uh, order of things. He's insulting uh, our allies. And, uh, you know, his favorite foreign leaders are the ones who are autocratic or despotic. Uh, uh, I think uh, his interactions with the Justice Department, uh, starting with Jim Comey, even Jeff Sessions, don't bespeak uh, any notion of uh, fidelity to law. Uh, the, the sign that's on the Justice Department building at uh, 10th and Constitution in Washington, a government of laws and not of men, that's pretty deep in our history. And the president seems to have no interest in that. that you know, there's uh, just a lot of uh, issues out there in addition to the bedrock issue of comportment uh, in office. There's, you know, there's climate change. There's... Uh, treaties. Uh, I thought it was a blunder not to join the Trans-Pacific Partnership, for example. The President of the United States has to take an oath 
to take care that the laws are faithfully executed. Uh, I don't think the president is uh, complying with that oath. Within the Republican Party, Donald Trump has an approval rating in the high 80s. So what gives you hope? Running against a, a, a president who's, despite it all, extraordinarily popular with his base. Well, you know, they say six months uh, is an eternity in politics. And if six months is an eternity, I don't know what two years is. Uh, you know, I think many people are making the mistake now of assuming that nothing is going to change, uh, that uh, no developments in the Justice Department will have any impact uh, whatsoever, that uh, the economy will change exactly as it is, there will be no blow-ups internationally. You know, th those are not good assumptions. Part of running against Donald Trump for office and part of being a member of the Fourth Estate and part of being <laughs> doing almost anything in opposition to or critical of the president is to be on the receiving end of his attacks, his tweets. Are you prepared to receive a nickname and much worse from Donald Trump? Yeah, yeah I am. And How do you think he'll go at you? Uh, probably ignoring uh, as long as he can and, and then ridiculing. But uh, look, I, I checked my privacy at the door a long time ago, decades ago. But this is different, isn't it? I mean, running against, you know, b being in political opposition to, say, John Kerry in Massachusetts is a, <laughs> a very different thing than running head to head against Donald Trump. You're not playing by the Marcus of Queensbury rules anymore. I don't know. I find it kind of appealing uh, <laughs> running against uh, the incumbent here. I mean, there's, there's so much that I want to do differently. And I find this particular race uh, quite appealing in terms of, you know, how much there is to be done. I mean, we're looking at the Aegean stables there. Now, are you, to mix the metaphor, Aegean stables, but is this a kind of suicide mission to, in the service of the country? No. I mean, I, I do think it's in service of the country, but uh, the point is to win the election. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I feel more than prepared to discharge the duties of, of that office. If I had to start Monday, I think I could. I think I know how to surround myself with uh, good people. I did it in the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Justice Department. And as governor, uh, I, I believe in unleashing everybody's energies. Uh, that's not the president's way. His way is to try to divide people, stir up the pot, uh, set groups against each other. And that's the opposite of the duties of a president of the United States. Governor, part of running for president, as you well know, running for anything, is the ability to raise money. Considering what the numbers are now, um, how are you going to raise money sufficient to the task? You know... Everybody that we've spoken to uh, about this race has said, ooh, if you're running as an R, I'm in. I'll host a party. I'm all in. Can you talk about who? I'm not going to name names. but Are I there billionaires out people, there that have decided that you're, you're yes, the guy? They're, yeah, there they're are billionaires who, who uh, lean, lean my way, uh, and I've spoken to some of them, and I'll be speaking to more of them. I could never understand why some politicians, you know, Jack Kemp, George McGovern, they really don't care at all for the fundraising side of the business. I like it. I think it makes you sharpen your message. And if you can't sell yourself, what, what can you sell? What's happened to your party? Why has it moved so far to the right? And why has it been so obeisant to Donald Trump? You know, I don't really understand that. I do think that uh, both parties have moved to the edges. It's partly gerrymandering. It, it's uh, 
partly that uh, they all want to be reelected, and the way to get reelected is to raise lots of money, and the way to raise lots of money is to scare people by saying you have to vote for the R party or the D party, because otherwise the D party, the R party might win, and then we would all be involved in irretrievable ruin. Uh, and if that sounds like a sick situation, it is. It's a sick situation. I think some Republicans have comforted themselves by thinking that Donald Trump is an aberration within the, within the party. But other people think that he's the logical end result of decades of the party elite, the GOP party elite, whipping up the base, um, whether it was the Tea Party movement or other aspects of the party. And you've got this very, very strong racist strain that's come to the fore. How do you battle that? How do you kill it? Well, I'm going to publicize it. I'm going to remind everybody that during the 2016 campaign, uh, the Trump uh, campaign circulated images of George Lincoln Rockwell. Well, George Lincoln Rockwell was the founder of the American Nazi Party. And the white supremacists who saw those knew exactly who George Lincoln Rockwell was. And, and they heard the dog whistle loud and clear. It was almost like a clandestine campaign because so much of it was uh, conducted uh, with uh, words that weren't uttered publicly. Just to be clear, you're putting the president of the United States in the same basket as the uh, late head of the American Nazi Party. Am I correct? That's, I'm that's, putting that's them in tough the, stuff. I'm putting them in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think uh, the president, uh, uh, he makes no bones about the fact. He says, uh, America first, uh, which was Charles Lindbergh's uh, fifth column uh, before World War II. And he says, I'm a nationalist. Well, it is the, the party that took over in Nazi Germany in the 1930s. Uh, so that's the Nationalist Workers' Party. Governor, you've broken with the president and really the rest of the party on climate change. What do you see as the best policy to reduce carbon em emissions, considering the scale that they're on and the sense of emergency that surrounds it? Well, I think uh, we should rejoin the Paris uh, Climate Accords for openers and adopt uh, percentages that are consonant with our responsibility. On the issue of climate, uh, there's a divide between the developed nations and uh, lesser developed countries. I think what President Trump would like to do is say, well, we've gotten the benefits of the Industrial Revolution. Now you have to agree, you and your rainforests, uh, not to uh, emit any carbon dioxide. And we don't care if you ever develop because we've got ours. Again, that's an unattractive uh, uh, point of view. And what do you make of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's proposal for a Green New Deal? You know, I've got to study that more than, more than I have. It sounds pretty expensive. Uh, and, and I think uh, some of what's uh, coming out of the left hand of the Democratic Party is probably more than I could sit still for. But uh, I do think that at bottom, Europe has its monuments and its uh, cathedrals, and we've got our mountains and our valleys and our rivers and our streams, and we better damn well take care of them. And I've, uh, you know, I when I was U.S. attorney, I brought the suit to clean up Boston Harbor, and it was very expensive, and it took years and years and years, but the harbor is now swimmable and fishable, which it sure wasn't when I started. That's the sort of thing we got to do. Now... Do you think that he'll debate you? Is there any chance in the world that he gets on a platform with you? Um, he might, you know, to show he could crush me like a bug. I, I think his advisors will say, ignore, ignore this fella as long as you can, assuming I get in. 
And what's the scenario for not being ignored? It, ignored. It's 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 winning New Hampshire or, or showing up in New Hampshire uh, that you have some strength there, and then what? Well, if you show strength in New Hampshire, then then the Trump operation, campaign operation, has to take you seriously. And uh, I'm confident of doing well there. I think that. Uh, Uh, All the New England states uh, could be in play, the mid-Atlantic states, certainly, Uh, California, Oregon, Washington, uh, the the, the states in the West, the Intermountain West, uh, those are all uh, possibly possibly friendly, possibly in play. And last would be the Rust Belt, the states that uh, elected the president uh, in 2016. And in several of those, there's been a turnaround and, and the other party won, won everything in the 2018 election. So the situation may not be the same on the ground uh, as it was in 2016. Finally, Governor, maybe the truest thing the president has ever said is that he could walk down Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and get away <laughs> with it. Um, <laughs> why do you think he's managed to hang on so well, relatively so well, for so long? Well, he's, uh, he's had a, a great run uh, being Icarus and flying near the sun, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, the wax in Icarus's wings melted and uh, he plunged into the sea. You, you just don't know how long uh, a charmed life is going to keep on going in politics. Governor Well, thank you so much. Thank you, David. Always a pleasure. Bill Weld is a former governor of Massachusetts and is running as a Republican for the presidency in 2020.